two. One. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the classroom. Hello. Uh, today, this is our episode on Mockingjay, the third and final book in the Hunger Games trilogy. Take a <laughs> um, Of course, we're going to cover the, the second half of Mockingjay. Um, if you missed our coverage of the first half, of course, you can either scroll back from our Spotify find it. But today, like I said, so we're picking up after Cass gets choked by Peta um, and going, of course, into the end of the book. So when we start off with, uh, oh gosh, where do we start? I think we start with Katniss in District 2. Uh, yes, I believe that is the case. Yeah, because her... She wakes up in the hospital next to Joanna, who has been stealing her morphine. Katniss is like, okay, I would like to go to the Capitol. I do not want to be here. Um, and then Coin is like, you have to train. You have to be a good soldier, and then maybe, maybe I'll let you go to the Capitol. Maybe you can be rewarded <laughs> by serving in our war. Right. So Katniss and Joanna take that to heart, and they're like, all right, cool. They go on their, like, massive training montage. And we have Finnick and Annie's wedding, mm, yeah. um, where Katniss realized Peeta is the one who decorated the cake, and it's very sad for her. But there's the scene of her and Prim, and then like everybody from District 12 just dancing. They go into the final round of their training, and Joanna is deathly afraid of water and fails her qualification exam. Um, Katniss ends up passing hers and gets placed in the Star Squad with like Finnick and Gale, and I think a couple other like random sharpshooters yeah. um, from District 13. They get sent to the capital. Oh, Katniss does the thing for Joanna where she makes a little bundle of pine trees to help oh, yes. like comfort her. Uh, they get sent to the capital, um, and they're really just shooting propos. And the capital was like, there's other people doing like the real fighting. And then they uh, coin just magically drops Peta down in the middle of their thing, and was like, maybe just maybe this will little spice up. And um, Katniss gets the idea that Coin is trying to kill her. She is. It's absolutely a yeah. good idea to have. Um, so they're, they're wandering through the capital. Um, they accidentally trip some of the, um, pods mm. that are floating throughout the capital. Bunch of people get dead very fast. A lot of the no names, really. There. Right. Peter kills somebody on, not on purpose, but he gets, he goes into a spell and kills somebody. And then is like the commander of their unit, Boggs, is like dying. He's like, I trust you, Katniss. Here you go. Um, and the District 13, the, like, sub-commander is like, I don't trust you. Give it to me. And Katniss is like, no. 
I'm leading my mission. I'm on a mission from coin to go through the capital. And that ends in a lot more people getting caught, including Finnick, which, like, sets on Katniss's psyche there a while. <laughs> yeah, because he, like, asks her to – or she he doesn't ask her per se. She's like, I need to put him out of her uh, his misery. Yeah, and she drops the bomb. And after the lizard people come after them, she drops the bomb down to save, save Finnick. Not save him, but kill him quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we're in the capital, they meet up with, uh, the one safe spot they think they have in, like, the inner part of the city is with a woman named Tigress. And Tigress is basically just, like, keeping her, uh, keeping them in her little basement. Um, and they devise their plan and to wander through the heart of the capital. And their goal is to get into the president's mansion because the president is going to be taking in refugees. And Katniss thinks if she can get in, she can kill him and end the rebellion there turns out as they are walking through the the peacekeepers start shooting into the crowd killing random civilians and children and such and katniss is almost to the president's mansion when there is the barrier of children bombs drop children get got medics from 13 roll in one of which is prim who shouldn't be there she gets got and then katniss is like "Ooh, this is some trauma for later uh wakes up in a hospital room in the in the um president's mansion and Coin is like, okay, we're going to have another Hunger Games, but with the Capitals children. And they get split pretty much 50-50 on the votes. It's all the old victors um, that are left, and they vote on it. And ultimately, Hamish is the tying vote, or the, the tie-breaking vote, which they're like, we're going to have another Games. Katniss then wanders through, finds Snow. Snow is like, didn't we promise not to lie, each- lie to each other? I would have never killed random Capital citizens. That's not my style. He's like, of course we know that I'm not above killing children, but I am above killing children from the capital. And Katniss is like, he's got a point. So when she gets the final arrow to be able to kill him, she tilts it up, shoots coin, and then pandemonium ensues. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to her being at District 13. She's pretty much, or District 12. She's pretty much been like waived of her charges and claimed mentally unstable. And we deal with her like kind of coping in that last chapter of like coming to realization. She's like, you know, I need peace. I need um, stability. And that's when Peta comes back, and then they fall in love, and da 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 da, da the end. Yeah. He's, yeah. like, planting his little bush of, of primroses. So, la- yeah. The so last <laughs> chapter is also very, very sad, because she's kind of just... Heartbroken about Prim. Yeah. Well, and then there's the scene with Buttercup, where she just she just screams at him. Mm-hmm. She's like, no. But, yeah. Yeehaw. So, uh, we have a couple topics that we're going to talk about today. Mainly, um, the three are going to be memory, reality, and survival. And throughout this section, there is a lot of mentioning of memory. Like, almost every chapter has at least one, either Katniss remembering something or mentioning somebody's, like, working in memory of. And there's even the scene, after the pods are all let off, that they are pushing... The, the, the entire crew is dead. Katniss and Peeta and Fennec and Gale and even, like, some of the people who actually died. And they're running, like, in memoriam reels. So I guess I just want to talk about this, like, concept of memory in this section. Um, what you guys had uh, have any thoughts on? I think that uh, there's something that I always really liked about this. And I believe it is, it is in this section that we read for uh, this week, but it's a little bit earlier. I really always liked the way that they describe memories in this and like what is real and what is fake uh i believe i believe that it's described as sort of like the false ones have like a bit of a shimmery mm-hmm. um nature to them 
and I think I read something on Tumblr a long time ago <laughs> that was like the reason that it is shimmery, like these false memories, is because a lot of them for him were like too good to be true. Like they were either too good or they were such monstrosities yeah su such monstrosities they were always the like height of what a memory would be because that's how they use the fear to sort of like torture him that everything mundane was like hard to tell anymore because mm -hmm. he had seen so much of these like extremes of either side yeah and i, I want to talk a little bit more on Peta's memory when we get into reality as mm -hmm. well because that obviously plays into the big theme of reality but there's the scene in which Katniss is talking about the, the scene where they're bombing the nut. And Katniss is just kind of like stuck in this memory of her childhood of them finding out that her dad died. And I, I've never thought about that before. And I, I, this is a really stupid thing. But I cannot figure out how big District 12 is. Because yeah. they talk about there's like roughly 800 people that are still alive. But, like, they walk everywhere, and it sounds like they're quick walks in between things. So, like, mm -hmm. how big is the district? Like, because I know, like, the region is genuinely Appalachia. But, like, Appalachia's very big. You cannot walk from, like, Boone County to Morgantown. And it's just, like... <laughs> I always thought of it as, like, a big region, like, you know, size of West Virginia. But society is focused on, like, a like a buffalo-sized yeah. town. Right. So, like, there's all this land but not ne it's not necessarily inhabited mm. that makes sense there's also i mean other than survive there's not much to do that so, is true uh, so i can imagine that when she's like i took a quick walk over here maybe that's like an hour Candace <laughs> like is actually getting her power walk regimen in mm -hmm. at like 12 years old she's like all right because they mention that they hear the siren go off while they're in school and she's just living in this memory of taking prim to the front of the mine and meeting with her mom and you know seeing all the families like either crying with relief as their you know their husbands and daughters and or husbands and sons and even like some of their wives are coming up from the mine and some crying in general because they haven't come up yet and it's just like because obviously this memory sets so pivotally in Katniss's mind and it's just and we can assume that Gail has a very similar memory because his, you know, his dad was killed in the same explosion, but yet, during the scene, that's all Katniss can think of. But these are, this is Gale's design, of of bombing the nut, of destroying it. It's his piece, and here's Katniss just stuck in this memory that they would assumedly both share. And I think, I, I think something that's really interesting about that scene is how they both. You're right; they have the same memory. Both of their parents died in the this same explosion but the extremes of which way they take it katniss doesn't want anyone to ever suffer that way again whereas kale kale uh, <laughs> whereas gail wants them to understand the pain that they have gone through mm -hmm. and maybe that's just a difference in personality maybe that's a difference that katniss has gone through a lot more than gail has maybe not leading up to the games um there's been a little bit of differences but that's one thing I do want to talk about, too, is that there's, like, it's almost like Gail and Katniss are both acting in what they think is the memory that they have of each other. Like, Katniss is like, man, this part of Gail is so distant from me. I don't understand him. But she's still, like, there's a lot of time spent in the memory of Gail. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can assume Gail's doing the same thing because he makes multiple comments like, Katniss, you're not the person I knew from before. 
you know, yada, yada. And Katniss is really doing that earlier in this book, memory-wise, with PETA. She's like, or, and there's multiple times she mentions, she's like, I don't think I'm ever going to get the PETA who loved me back. I don't think I'm ever going, like, he's ever never going to be the PETA that I remember. And there's a lot of that in there. And it, um, so yeah, it reminds me a lot of a situation that a couple of our friends are going through right now, where it's like, where is the, like, memory you hold of somebody different from, like, what's happening in real time? So, yeah. That's my, like, that's my main thing with memory right now is this, like, where is this? And, of course, it ties directly into reality. Um, but the biggest connector we have between memory and reality, of course, is PETA. Mm-hmm. Um, we have PETA who is just cannot differentiate what is what is the right memory, what is the memory that's been created, and how memories get created. You know, Joanna has that scene where she's talking with Katniss and she's like, they can make memories out of anything. There are clips of you, you know, if, you know, y'all having interactions. Those can be turned into anything with the slight, you know, change in background music or lighting or, you know, cutting a sentence and it completely changes the tone and the, the setting of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just how easy, easily manipulated memories can be. And you can do them to your, like, you can do it to yourself without anything. Like, it just, memories are very easily shapeable, I guess, is the word. Yeah. I, I even think that, that that ties into what Katniss and Gale had been doing. Maybe Gale hasn't changed that much since the incident. Maybe this is just always how he's been. But because Katniss and, uh, and him had such, like, a rapport, such a strong bond, that she overlooked those things. I mean... They do say that sometimes what you can find endearing about somebody over time will be the thing that annoys you mm-hmm. later on. It could just be that they are, they have constructed what they have always thought about them before, and now they are facing the reality against uh, what they had previously had in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And one other aspect we have of memory before we hop over to reality is, like I said earlier, there's a lot of, like, emorium stuff that, like, they're airing the propos where it's focusing on dead tributes. They're, there's um, there's a lot of focus when they think Katniss and all of them have died. The Capitol is running, like, promotion after promotion that they're dead, you know? Like, ah, these these awful people have been banished. Look, we you know, we're on the upswing. And Coin does the exact opposite. She uses Katniss, Katniss's memory as, like, you know, a martyr. Like, she makes Katniss out to be a martyr. And then Katniss is like, I'm still alive, but what would she do if I if she knew I was alive? And we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into survival as well. But there's a lot of play on these, like, memories of each other and stuff. So There's also a lot of focus on the... I guess I'm wrapping back to a little bit. When Katniss gets firebombed, <laughs> even though it's not her directly getting firebombed, but as she's, like... Yeah. You know, getting the after effects of a firebomb. Um, she is remembering random aspects of like her life. She's mentioned she mentioned like or, no, when Finnick dies, she talks about that she can see Finnick like the memory she has of Finnick flashing before her eyes and what she would assume Finnick is experiencing right now. Like him his and Annie's wedding, you know, seeing, you know and then like meeting Katniss at the games, meeting Annie for the first time, stuff like that. And she's just like I wonder if that's what's happening to him right now, this, like, these memories that he holds true. And when she gets firebombed, she's doing the same thing. She's remembering aspects of Prim. She's remembering aspects of herself, of her past, of, like, the, titular, the, the, the big moments that we have seen her go through throughout the, like, throughout the course of the series. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's everything I have on memory. Let me try to remember if that's everything I have on memory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you guys have anything to add, feel free. Um, I think we've pretty much covered everything I wanted to address. Okay. Um, so we'll go ahead and hop to reality. And of course, like I said, reality and memory are very intertwined. Um, but one aspect that we have of reality um, is, is the game that they create to help PETA figure out what happened and what didn't, which is just real and not real. And, and we get to the point, too, where Katniss is asking, did this really happen? Um, and she asks PETA, is it real or not real and stuff? Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with reality here. If you guys have anything you would like to say on it. Um, I feel like we, uh, I think we touched a lot on parts that sort of interlap between the two. Mm-hmm. I think the the game is a good example of sort of. I think the 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 game that they play is a good example of trying to parse reality from fiction. I think you could even go as far to say that the reality of both Snow and Coin are very distorted from what other people are seeing and what they are putting out there. I mean, just by using the different forms of propaganda, Coin is trying to show that they sort of are a person of the people and are trying to do as best as they can to make sure everyone is having a great time. But she really is just also just trying to hold power just like Snow is. There is a lot of dirty tactics and tricks that she is pulling that Snow is basically doing the same thing. Both both sides are put out there what they want people to think of them, but in reality are much, much different. Right, and we see that they are trying to shape the reality that their constituency is living in. Um, you know, Coin airing the propos of like, ah, Katniss was a good soldier and a good... P-. And, you know, Katniss is like, <laughs> you hated me. Yeah. You did not feel this way about me, you know? But it's obviously that if that if Coin did not, agree, you know, didn't like memorialize Katniss then the reality of what District 13 thinks is is real would mm-hmm. just be shattered because in their mind, Coin has been the number one supporter of Katniss. She's the reason Katniss got saved out of the arena. Um, and Coin's doing, or, and Snow's doing the same thing. And really, they're both playing a similar hand uh, to Katniss. They are trying to alter, you know, Katniss's reality. We'll never know if Snow, you know, was really li- ever really lied to Katniss or not. We'll, we'll never really know if Coin did or not, but... We know that that's the debate that the two are having indirectly with each other through Katniss. You know, Coin is telling Katniss, you're doing the right thing. You've made the right decision. Thank you for supporting my idea. And, and Snow is just very much, like, cr- trying to establish his, re- like, Katniss's reality of, like, you know, we never, we never, we always said that we would never lie to each other. When, why would I change that fact now? Mm-hmm. And there's, so there's a lot of that. I also, and... Stop me if this is nothing. Mm. However, I think that oh, I've forgotten his name. It's not Bubba Boggs. <laughs> I did that same thing last time. Why is his you name? You give not him a new name me? every time you forget his name. Bartholomew. Right, right. Um, I I think that that sort of same thing happens with Boggs. You can see that he starts from being like very much just like right hand man to coin, to slowly it is a lot more of. I support this cause. I'm not sure about how much I trust Coin, and even gives Katniss the warning that if you go out there, she will probably try to kill you and use you as a martyr. Two, when he dies, he's like, Katniss, I don't trust Coin. You have to be careful. I trust you instead. And I think that he is slowly coming to the reality of who he was serving before. No, absolutely. Like, his reality is shifting. And I think the 
main point, like the main pivotal point is that is when Coin sends in PETA. Because mm-hmm. there's only one reason that she would do that. And she's hoping to use, you know, the, the thing that Snow has created to benefit her. I guess there's a whole other conversation we could have with, like, Coin and Snow running the same race and, like, trying to benefit benefit each other while trying to beat each other at the same mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, no, Boggs' Boggs's death, especially after – Peter didn't necessarily cause Boggs' death by any means, but he definitely did not make the situation any, like, better. Um, and that's when Boggs is, like – his reality shifted. You're completely correct. Um, we see him go from his reality being just being a good soldier – to making sure that the cause is the right way so and yeah we also see a little bit where cat when katniss goes into her memories uh, or right usually after every time she ends up in the hospital she's in this like daze of what reality is and what it looks like and that's also when we see her go really deep into her memories so i guess there is something to be said that like there is this like almost devolve in reality in which you usually end up in a like in a memory, like trapped in it almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obvious that's what Pete is going through too. He's being trapped in these memories, so his reality is the memories he's living through. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeehaw! Um, I can make a valid point every once in a while. <laughs> hey, you make a lot of valid points. <laughs> I would never make a valid point. I, I understand why everybody thinks I'm stupid. This is why people always leave me. <laughs> You can cut my pick me boy bit if you would like. <laughs> We've talked a lot about it just kind of intermittently throughout this. Um, and that's survival. There's a lot of lines of, of Katniss just doing what she needs to do to survive. Um, really, her going to District 2 is for survival. Um, more on the mental health side of things. She's like, I cannot be in District 13 knowing that PETA is like going through some like TM'd crap right now. I can't, she's like, I can't be there while that's happening and remain mentally stable myself. And even her going to the Capitol is the same reason. It's like after her and Peter have that fight in the, like, cafeteria, she's like, I can't be there anymore mm-hmm. for my own well-being. And, of course, like, Katniss's whole life has just been about surviving. And there's a bunch of aspects about that. No, a bunch of, like, points to talk about. And the first one I have written down under survival is just when do you abandon a situation? Um, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call Katniss, like, fleeing District 13 as abandoning, but that's, I mean, she's escaping, but it's also a form of survival, so I just, like, if you had any opinions of, like, when, when it's abandoned, when do you abandon to survive, and when, like, let me, when is it, when do you abandon to survive, like, to save yourself, or when do you keep with it to save the mission? That's, that, that's a tough question, both for this book and in general (laughs) let Um, me give you some like existential dread here and you answer this like (laughs) life question um i think that there is something to be said about if it is a cause that you are fully supporting and the people behind it then you probably want to go as far as you can in in the case of in the case that katniss goes through uh, she's had to make a lot of those tough decisions, not only throughout what we see in the books, but things we hear about and just the past in general. Um, I'm not sure that's a call that a lot of people can make or mm-hmm. they really should be forced into making. And yet Katniss has been forced numerous times, <laughs> both in two different games, technically like one and three quarters of a game. <laughs> one and a half games. Yeah. 
Um, but it's it's quite it's quite interesting to, tr- uh, to think about, and like you can see where a lot of those things change for her. Um, there's also unless you have anything else to, there's like a slight twist on uh, survival that I think is interesting here. Of when should you, if at all, decide when someone else is someone else's survival is too much for instance putting finnick down i like that was hmm, euthanizing finnick uh via firebomb yeah just making sure that finnick dies peacefully instead of being tortured and uh dying like gruesomely or worst case scenario really doing something like they did to Peta. well and we've talked about this before of like a lot of Katniss's kills have been very much of like out of mercy and I think that kind of comes into it and we see that in play when they are getting ready to when they're they're getting ready to infiltrate the the president's mansion and Peter's like I don't have a nightlock pill and I don't want to get tortured again so it's like you know when do you make like is is staying alive enough um in that aspect of things um because then we see the scene where Gail's getting kidnapped, basically, by the peacekeepers. And he's asking Katniss to shoot him. Because that was what she was supposed to do. Because in that way, he's staying true to himself and staying alive. But not a lot alive, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty pretty good... When do you abandon your own... Yeah, when when do you <laughs> abandon... <sighs> when is it... When is it not... Sur- like, when is it survive... Like, it's oh, my a, God, it's a this hard is question. so hard. <laughs> it's like, when does survival become not being alive but being like true to yourself yeah i would say um, when you make the decision to uh <laughs> sacrifice, euthanize yourself yeah, sacrifice yourself, yourself or down. others to be true to your to be true, true to your to own you. values yeah, yeah i think it's like the the nightlock capsules is that what they i are? just imagine them looking I, like like an ad like an advil pill that they have to like chew like, through their like shirt to get yeah do you, say, do you think they because it's a weird material. I was thinking about this, like, truly, like, not <laughs> not only a moment ago, but, like, there is, like, it's a material that you're able to, like, they won't see that it's, like, a, uh, basically a cyanide capsule. Mm-hmm. They won't see that it's there, but it's a, it's weak enough that you could bite through, but not for someone to, like, accidentally slash at. I, I can only imagine it's, like, nylon or something, <laughs> right? Well, and Katniss is in her sleeve. She has to pick her arm up and, like, chew yeah, on her arm. Which seems like a, I feel like you'd want it right on the shoulder, so if the, you're bound, you go... <laughs> yeah, that's the noise I want to make before <laughs> taking my own life for my country. But no, I think I would do that. I think he wouldn't make that noise as he were dying. No, I wouldn't sacrifice myself for my country. That's th- me staying true to my values. Oh, good for you. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> I think with the um, you know, staying true to yourself, when they take the the little nightlock tic tacs. Um, or even when Katniss is putting Finnick down, um, you know, it's, they're dying on their own terms. Mm, And I think that is the thing about, um, you know, staying true to yourself. I think you, you are deciding that I'm not going to go and I'm not going to become like a, a prisoner of war in the capital. I'm going to die on my own terms. Or even with Finnick, it's like, you know, he is not going to let himself die this horrible gruesome death he's not going to die at the hands of the capital he's going to die at the hands of his friend i think that probably is you know him staying true to himself yeah i like that um and and the one other aspect that i want to talk about of survival um is 
I'm going to hop on this scene because this scene I do want to talk about a lot. We have this. It's them in Tigress's shop when Gail is talking to Peta about like Katniss and about like, oh, you know, how can we fall in love with Katniss and get her to like fall in love with us or whatever. And Gail has his line where he's just like, she'll choose who she can't live without. And Katniss even notes that like this isn't like who she's really in love with. It's who she can't survive without. Mm -hmm. And I think that says a lot to Katniss's character. Because it's absolutely true. Um, but at the same time, it's... We're not going to get... We will get into the fact of, like, <laughs> Gail's the worst. Yeah. And just perpetually bad here. But, like, it is who she needs to survive. And, of course, the book ends with Katniss talking about, I didn't need Gail's fire to keep alive. I have enough of that on my own. I needed something to calm me down. And that was Peta. And it's very, like... Her survival in Katniss's lifespan existing yeah. <laughs> for longer than it would have kind of thing. Katniss is basically from day one, or at the very least since the accident in the mines, most of her decisions have been made on survival. Very, very few haven't. Like, there's been, like, cheering up uh, some people like Prim, but a lot of her decisions that she makes for herself are not about her feelings they are about what is going to keep me and the people i i am around with like alive for long so it could be said that maybe she doesn't maybe she does feel love for Peta, but she doesn't know how to express it in any other way other than this is best for my survival i'm going to keep you alive and that's going to help keep me alive mm-hmm. um and we've talked about that before about katniss that katniss has this ever-expanding group of people that she's like i cannot live without them and, you know, of course, it's her family, and it's it's Haymitch, it's Peta, it's, you know, some of the people in the district. And we see that kind of, obviously, it crashes for Katniss on Prim's death. Because in her mind, she couldn't, you know, she couldn't save her. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, that line always just sets with me. And it's like, I just want to punch Gail in the throat. Because, you know, he's saying it like, you know, she can't live without me. I mm-hmm. kept her alive for a long time. Yeah, and he's doing the, like, the, like, lip bite and the, like, hey. Um. <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. Um, but I don't know. That's about all I have to say on that. I think. Uh, yeah. I think if if I had to add one more thing, I think it is very much that Katniss has, and we've touched on this, but Katniss has only so many seats in her life that she wants to like take up, but every every uh, like every time she meets somebody new she will pull up a chair for them <laughs> she's like all right i guess i'll make you a chair real quick mm-hmm. well and we see i think the thing that ends her having gail sitting at the table of people she needs to survive it starts when he blows up the the nut in district two but it also is definitely after she figures out that it was his bombs mm-hmm. even if he's not the one that deployed it, it was his creation that killed prim and i think that like sets because Prim has always held chair number one and, like, table of people Katniss has to make survive. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also Prim, you know, obviously was innocent. You know, throughout the whole book, she's, like, this just innocent little girl that Katniss wants to keep survive. But up until Prim dies, the people that Gail has war crimed have been people, you know, for the most part, who are supporting the Capitol. I mean, it could be argued that there were civilians, but they're people supporting, and they're nameless you know, they these aren't people they know. Um, but when something Gail created, um, you know, ends up killing Prim, it's like 
uh, finally there's a name and a face for like all this destruction that he's created and um, you know it goes it goes from oh well you know these are just the horrors of war you know it's just a, a casualty to Katniss's whole world and it like sort of I guess put, puts a name and a face to like Gail's war crimes. crimes yes Gail's war criminal behavior of course every book has had their own games even this one and when Finnick, when they are looking at the map of like all the like pods and stuff in the capital Finnick just goes welcome to the 76th hunger games and it's like that puts a whole different perspective of survival onto it because katniss in the first games was just staying alive to stay alive that was her only goal was to be the one that made it out of there the second games her survival became getting Peta out of there and this games is about getting as many people out of this as possible it's about keeping as many people alive and it doesn't necessarily matter if she survives and this is the first time that she is fully accepted that she's like if i die here that's okay as long as the people i care about make it make it out of here they don't plot twist but but it's that aspect of survival that like when Finnick says that when he's like welcome to the next games i think it just puts a different blanket of survival it's not just like survive it like make it out of here alive but there's always this like other realm of surviving you're never safe you mm -hmm. know and that wraps in when coin is you know ropes in all the victors and was like all right let's vote on these you know new hunger games and it's like we're gonna make somebody survive the kind of thing that we had to but these are kids who have no experience no no you know struggles these are kids who always grew up safe Mm -hmm. they've never had to fight for survival they've never um you know wondered where their next meal is coming from and there's never been you know even a chance that they were ever gonna have to go into like the murder games right but it's and it's like is their survival going to be the same way and i think it's that point that like katniss just even though she votes for them purely out of you know in remembrance of prim I think it's that point that she, like, solidifies. She's like, Coy needs to go. Coy <laughs> needs to die immediately. Um, because it's not going to be... There's always there's going to be an oppression here. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to help anybody. Okay, so we're going to go to characters. And I have a whole list of characters to talk about. But I, I don't know. I feel like only two of them are completely necessary for us to talk about um, right now. And that's Joanna and Snow. Yeah. Um, I really want to talk about Joanna. Because we just see a lot out of her. First off, we realize that she's just been... First off, she was tortured in the, in the capital, of course. Mm -hmm. Because unlike PETA, she knew things. <laughs> you know, she was on the inside of the rebellion. Like, her and Finnick and Hamish all kind of had the same hand. Um, but there is the scene, and we realize that she's been tortured. Like, I imagine it being, like, waterboarding. Yeah. Um, because she's petrified of rain, of water, of any regard. And that's why she fails her, her like, qualification exam. In there, she is just shooken to her absolute core <laughs> she's you know all aspects of the joanna that we've been seeing that we have been seeing in the text are erased um because even when she was going through her aggressive like signs of withdrawal and like you know that aspect of kind of letting a piece of you die this is the part where we just get introduced to joanna in like what we can assume is like pre-games joanna she's not angry anymore she's just broken mm -hmm not we we got to see not like the maybe not facade the character that joanna was playing we mm. got to see 
who Joanna is under all that. And it's right. incredibly sad. <laughs> it is so sad. And and I'm going to, yeah. I'll go ahead because I'll end up cutting it up there. So I'll just say this here. We see that Joanna has no, like, sense of self. Um, you know, it's, it's safe to say. I feel like all three of us kind of fall in the category of, like, a lot of your identity is tied to your, not necessarily your physical appearance, but, like, I, a lot of my sense of self comes in, like, how I style my hair and, like, yeah. how, like, taking, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty common practice to, like, kind of keep up on it. And there's a lot of discussion now. And they're, like, especially the beginning of quarantine and everybody was shaving their head. And it was, like, this is, like, me starting over. And it really is a sign of starting over. But we have Joanna who's had this part of her personality stripped from her. This part of herself just, like, removed forcibly. And then she's been relentlessly tortured. And we learn that she has no possessions. None. None have come from District 7. Of course, she couldn't keep any of them with her in the capital. So she had none, like, none to bring with her there. And when she accidentally goes through Katniss's drawer, she's, like, surprised that there are things that people can have, you know. And so Katniss, I think, gives her the spile from the games. Um, but when Joanna is just broken down as a character after after the failing her exam, Katniss is like, she needs a piece of home. I can't go to District 7 and get that for her, but I can do the best I can. So Katniss wanders up into the woods with permission and, you know, puts together this the bundle of pine, the pine needles. It's like, I assume this is going to be something that reminds Joanna of home, and it is. We see just Joanna just breaks. She's just so, like, grateful for it because this is the only aspect of home she's been able to keep with her. And obviously it's, I mean, for somebody who's never been able to leave her home district until this moment, really, you know, not this moment, but, like, outside of her, like, necessary trips to the capital, this is the first positive memory she's had of home, like, brought to her in her, like, current reality. And that's really sweet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sad, but very sweet. I don't know if you guys had anything else to say on Joanna. That's really what I wanted to... Yeah, I think you covered most of it. <laughs> Her and Katniss also develop, like, a very aggressive codependency. Yeah, it is. It, she replaced one addiction with another. Sort of <laughs> right, right, right. That enemies to lovers type beat. Right. Like, enemies to training partners? Yeah. Friends, I think. Enemies to uh, friends of convenience. <laughs> Um, so the other character, like I said, I have a couple, I mean, we can talk about Katniss and Peter and Gail as well, but, um, I really want to talk on Snow. Good. Um, <laughs> do you want to start the conversation about Snow then? That sounded like a threat and it did not mean it that way, but like, I'll turn the mic over to you if you would like to talk about Snow. You seemed excited. Um, yeah. So the actor who plays <laughs> President Snow was in an orange juice commercial right around the time that like Hunger Games was popular. And so it would come on the TV, and I'd be like, hey, it's President Snow selling some orange juice. <laughs> Man, his life's really, mm-hmm. really strapped for cash. <laughs> uh, that's not my very well-thought-out <laughs> points on President Snow. He is one of those villains that I absolutely love to hate. Um, and I just really enjoy his character all around because he's so smart, and he's so... Obviously, he's, he's like, the bad guy, but there's just, like, an unexpected calmness about him, and I think he, it's really interesting because he gives off this appearance that he is very well put together, um, and even though he is absolutely thriving in the capital with, like, all this food, and he's living in this fancy mansion, um, he is also in survival mode, and the things that he has to do to survive and the things that he has to sacrifice um, 
obviously not the same as like going into the murder games, but like him drinking poison. Yeah, quite at, frequently. At dinner parties um, to like kill his enemies. What an interesting survival <laughs> tactic. Yeah. Like, that's such an interesting strat. Like. And then, you know, to cover that up, to, you know, the fact that he wears roses to cover up, you know, the, the poison breath, that's another really interesting survival tactic. So I think uh, one reason I just love Snow as a character is he just seems the most unnerving thing about him is how, like, even-keeled he is, you know? He is... You know, he's just a little old man. He can't do nothing. Um, but even the way that he, you know, sort of intimidates Katniss, like dropping all the roses, um, that, you know, roses are like nice and they're a flower and they're pretty. That scene is just like, ooh, sends a chill down my spine to think about it. Even when he's talking to Katniss, I mean, he's so calm, um, but just like like this presence about him that's just like so unnerving and the way he gets under Katniss's skin. And the way that he is just very upfront, he's like, I wouldn't lie to you. I have no problem killing children, but I'm not going to kill my own children. And it's just like, the way he's just so upfront with that is why I love him as a villain. Yes, especially here he is on his deathbed. He is well aware of the fact that he is going to die. And he is in his garden in like absolute isolation in this garden. And when Katniss walks in, he just has this like demeanor of calm. Like, he knows he's going to die, like, he's going to die, but he's just, like, mild-mannered about it. Which is, uh, I agree, the most jarring part of his character. And I think also, when he talks to Katniss, it's almost like, I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but it's like he's playing poker, but with all of his cards, he's just showing all of his cards. But still wins. He still knows he's winning. He does, as far as we can tell, he's not deceitful. He's not lying to Katniss. He's not deceiving her. He is just laying it all out there, um, you know. I guess, yeah, or like playing, you know, poker, showing all his hands, being like, I'm still going to win. Like, here are all my cards. You know, it's not like he has some ace up his sleeve. No, he has the ace, and he's showing it to you, and he's going to absolutely terrify you because he knows what he holds. He knows what he brings to the table, and he is confident in showing that. In the same regard, when he is talking to Katniss in the the garden again, and he is, you know, she's like, you know, she thinks that the bombs were his. And he's like, Miss Everdeen, why wouldn't I have used that jet to get out of here? Why wouldn't I have escaped? And he, like, logics his way out of Katniss's, like, like finger pointing, basically. Like, he's like, that doesn't make any sense. And you know that. You know the truth. And it's just very, like you said, like, it's jarring as a reader. You're just like, why are you so calm here? Right, because he knows he's dying. He has no reason to lie to Katniss. Um, and I think even, you know, arrow to his face, Katniss is about to kill him. Even then, he's just like, okay, you know, like. The only time we see we him go. drop this facade and show that he's genuinely surprised is when Katniss shoots coin. Doesn't he laugh? Yeah, he laughs. Just laughs himself to death. Really? Presumably. Like he starts choking on his own blood, but he's just like, I think that's genuinely the only time we ever see him break this leg. I think that's probably the cool. first time Katniss genuinely surprises him. The first uh, time Katniss. This is the first time like, he shows that Katniss true. surprises him because there's definitely been some times I've been like, oh, he couldn't have, he couldn't have pinpointed that one. That's kind of where their relationship comes from. Is that. She's always kind of throwing a wrench in his plan, but this is the first time that she has just absolutely thrown him off. And how poetic is it that this, um, you know, this tyrant, this you know, very strategic villain 
dies laughing. All, and choking on his own blood. And then yes. trampled to death by the people he made he mm-hmm. he made angry. Yes. I mean, he cho- if he chokes on his own blood, which is what, it, you know, it's assumed like that's the actual cause of death. I don't know if they gave him a death certificate or not. <laughs> they were like COD of President Snow. He was the cause of his own death. His years of like, you know. Poisoning people. Drinking poison <laughs> finally caught up with him. And now he's choking on his own blood while laughing. Um, because this girl that should have died by his hand forever ago um, shot the wrong president. Honestly, though, very girl boss of Katniss. Very didn't. girl boss We'll of talk about that in the recap episode of Katniss. Just absolutely. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a, a moment for our, for our um, special segment of just like girl boss moments of Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> Do you have anything to add on President Snow, Brett? I know we've me, me and Rachel have been talking a lot. Um, once again, you guys kind of covered all that. Um, <laughs> let me let me think for a second. I do think that one of the reasons he might have been so calm is that if he knew for a fact he was gonna die, possibly because he choked so soon, maybe he he had just recently had poison himself. Oh, um, that that was something that came to mind uh, when I read that. But also, if he is, if he knows he will die at this very, like, this very moment, he wants to do as much as he possibly can, not to win, not to try to change things back into the favor of whoever's after him. He doesn't care about the capital. He cares about himself. He wants to cause Katniss and possibly whoever is taking over after him as much grief as possible. And he does. And he does. He creates chaos. I was going to say, to presumably, like, more than he ever expected by making her shoot coin. Maybe that's what his surprise was. Was by how much, like, chaos he was really going to leave in his wake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good... Okay. MVPs and LVPs. Who's starting? I'll start with an LVP. I feel like this one feels uh, pretty easy. (laughs) I'm going to go with coin. Okay, reasonable. Um, because once again, it they do a lot for the story. I know I'm kind of departing from that form, but Coin does quite a lot for the story. However, just every single thing is so over the top, and it feels like it is a parody of what of what Snow is doing, or like a very poor facsimile for what Snow is trying to do. Coin is being malicious and covering their tracks to sort of keep power. But they are doing it in such a way, in such a distasteful way, that not even the people that still agree with her want to stay on her There's side. There's no regality to it, like yeah, Coin, like that Snow has. Coin, uh, not uh, Coin, does not do it in a respectable manner. And obviously, murdering children is not respectable <laughs> in any way. However, if you have to murder children, maybe make it look cool. Maybe put on a show. Well, and I think that's the, I mean, this humps back into the differences between Snow and Coin. I'm going to regret too. saying that one. Yeah, that uh, one's going to get, like, grabbed in a couple years and be like, uh, hey. Um, did you really say you were going to murder? I plead the fifth. But no, there's, but that's the difference between them is Snow puts justification on his. Coin doesn't. Hmm. Coin just rides by the seat of her pants. Snow, like, thinks through, like, seven steps ahead about what's happening. Coin just is like, I'm going to murder you, like, kind of energy. Like, she doesn't think about the effects of dropping PETA in the middle of this, of, like, getting her own people killed. She's just so focused on getting Katniss killed. Exactly. I I think that's actually – you bring up a good point there. Coin is willing to sacrifice her people not because she, like, 
thinks it's the best move, but because she does not care about mm, them. She does not yes. think that. Snow admits him himself and says, I have no reason to lie. I wouldn't kill my own people. Mm-hmm. Whether that is a tactical thing of, like, they won't like me if I kill them, or if he actually is like, well, I mean, they're my subjects. I don't want them dead. Like, it is a very – there's a very big difference between mm-hmm. those two, and that is why I think coin LVP. Reasonable. I have one if you need to think on yours a little longer. Well, I think I have it. Okay, go for it. Uh, I'm going to go capital hairstylist mm. that shade Joanna's head. Mm, reasonable. Reasonable. That's fair. No explanation needed. No explanation one. needed. I mean, I can. You if, okay. You don't have to. Like, I I feel like there's probably one person, like, that's their whole job is, like, shaving, shaving torture prisoner of war. Either that or they just took her down to, like, um, like, I don't know, like Walmart maybe, like Capital <laughs> Walmart. Capital Great Clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capital Cuts. <laughs> My LVP is going to be Plutarch. Really? Yeah, and specifically for the scene at Fennec and Annie's wedding when he is like, hey, Katniss, I understand that Peter tried to kill you and that, you know, everything's a little rocky right now, but could you guys, like, maybe, like – act like you're like still in love like he is still he still wants to play this like star-crossed lovers aspect even though a Peta is tried to kill her a couple of times now and Katniss has openly been like that wasn't a good idea I think that speaks a lot to his background and like where he comes from Mm -hmm. he just went from being like you know number one entertainer game maker and um you know puppet master who is playing this he goes from a uh reality tv show producer to like war strategist and it doesn't (laughs) just can't turn it off if if jimmy fallon became (laughs) like an army general i'm not sure i think it would be similar yes oh my god that's my jimmy fallon laugh impression it's not good but neither is he it wasn't bad but no that whole scene a just makes me very violently Mm -hmm. mad because here's Katniss, who's been recently almost killed by Peta, who's going through heartbreak of, like, she's mourning the loss of Peta. And Plutarch's like, I'm not saying you guys have to kiss, but, like, if you guys could kiss on camera, that would be, like, so good for our ratings. And Katniss is like, die. Yeah. Um, that's my LVP, Plutarch. Um, MVPs. Uh, a good choice. Thank you. <laughs> my MVP is going to be Plutarch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reverse Uno. <laughs> uh, my MVP is going to be... And this is going to be a, a weird one, but it's going to be okay. Prim. Okay, okay. Um, so Prim, I mean, obviously doesn't do too much in this section. However, she is an incredibly like driving force for Katniss, even before she sort of gets God. Before she um, gets exploded. Everything that Katniss does is to protect her family. And as you said earlier, the number one seat in Katniss's life belongs to Prim. And I do not think that it, it, the other thing is she does a lot to sort of drive the plot forwards, whereas she's her entire arc is that she wants to do as much as she can to help those people in need. And it makes a lot of sense for her character to presumably sneak on to this sort of a uh, medic team that's going out to District 13. Might not have even been – presumably it's not a move that Coin meant to do unless there was some oh, no. extra think, BS I th- in there. I was going to say, I think Coin did it on purpose, but that's a different – well, we could talk about yeah. that in our, like, crap talk episodes, so go for it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's I, – I really like Prim's character, and I think the choices that she makes never feel, like, offbeat or, like, forced to make something happen, and that that's why MVP. Good move. Good, good, good. I'm going to say the Nightlock capsule manufacturer. <laughs> yeah. 
You think it's that same like crappy intern from last episode? Um, Who he, also manufactures the schedule tattoos? Yeah. Perhaps. Maybe it's like, you know how the company Bic makes like pens and lighters and razors? And it's mm. like, I guess those things are kind of related. You know, if we just boil this goo for a little bit more, <laughs> it like, becomes deadly, deadly poison. Like Johnson and Johnson. It's arms. like <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. We make baby shampoo, your vaccine, and like. Trash bags. Yeah. Yeah, so I I just imagine it's some point. I don't know if there's like college in District 13, but I'm gonna go with like the there's the equivalent of like a like a college internship. It's like you're unpaid, but instead of getting coffee, you make suicide pills. Yeah, that feels fitting. That's my MVP. Nice, you get nice, paid nice. in exposure. Two deadly gases. It's <laughs> great. Exp- you can put on your resume. A little. So when we topple the government, um, you get a pretty good job. Yeah, get a good start. <laughs> Um, all right, mine is gonna ground us back in reality. Oops, <laughs> that sounded like a link, <laughs> like a jab. Um, my MVP is gonna be Annie. Um, because she she, I know here they are. You know, she, her, and Finnick are just so in love, and they've had this beautiful wedding, and she's just like finally getting stable. <laughs> um, and then Coin's like, oh hey, by the way, I'm sending your husband to the capital. Also, he gets exploded. And you just have a pregnant Annie sitting there at the table, deci- like deciding if these kids are going to go to war or not. Like if, if she's gonna sub- like she is one of the votes to subject these kids to a to a games, and she's like no. And the only thing she can say is, if Finnick was here, he would vote no too. And it's just so heartbreaking. And she's gonna have to raise this kid on her own. Assumedly back in District Four. And it's just so, it's just so sad. And he deserved better, so I'm going to make her my MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's it. We really? Okay. Um, so, of course, you can always listen to us at unitedthemoose.com um, or at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find your podcasting needs. Um, you can always hop on to Anchor and send us a message, leave us a like, leave us a review, some sort of thing like that. Is that everything? No. Uh, that's about it. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, drop us a review, anything like that. Anything helps. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, and with that, the next episode you guys are going to hear is going to be our recap episode. Yeehaw. And with that, we thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you soon. Bye. can only survive a one inch drop any any more and they will Break basically explode oh my god because their joints are not meant for the jump not meant for the jump or impact unless I'm, I'm sure that's not true of all tarantulas like jumping tarantulas or something like that however jumping tarantulas sounds like something out of a nightmare their sounds exoskeletons like will crack and when that happens uh, often their limbs fall off so they will die a lego man death <laughs> a lego man uh okay uh, everybody this has been united to the moose next up we have jumping tarantulas and their new single cracking exoskeletons <laughs> no the exoskeleton that was good thank you the ep drops next week gang mm-hmm.